Hello, and welcome to the first 2022 episode of Night Voices. My name is Luis Hernandez, and I'm the assistant producer of Night Voices. In our first podcast, Abby Demeski, Claire Weinkoop, and Molly Kern sit down to talk about the best and the worst parts of this summer's biggest concerts. From country to new pop music, prices, and fanny packs, this trio discuss all that went down at some of the biggest events of the summer of 22. I'm Claire Weinkoop. And I'm Molly Kearns. And we are going to be talking about festivals over the summer and comparing them and just giving our opinions on them. So the top three this summer were, what, Windy City? Yeah. Um, and Country Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not the best place to start, but we should talk about how dangerous they are. I feel like... Let's talk about prices first. Let's, 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 <laughs> I feel like we should ease into it. Like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, let's say I'm, like, sitting on my couch right now. I'm like, you know, eating a bag of chips. I'm like, I have no friends. Where should I go over the summer? Like, I need to make everyone jealous of me, you know? So, like, I'm just searching up prices. I like country music. Let's go Country Thunder. Country Thunder is the cheapest of all three of them. Perfect. So girl. your gen- so your general admissions was like $85, but the 4-day pass was 212. That's actually like a good price. That's pretty it's good. It's the what's cheapest. Two, what's 212 divided by 4? Let's do some math. <laughs> it's probably 85. It's 53. Oh, oh wow. wow. So like math genius. That yeah, I'm actually like It's okay. It's okay. Um, so like I think that's actually a pretty good price. I think so too. I think that's reasonable. Like the lineup too. Where's the lineup? Okay, Thursday at two thirty. It's two thirty to ten. Like that's. That's one, such two, a long three, time. Four, Do you go for? That's like, like a whole day. Dude. Like, I think if you look at it, the prices for that. That's actually really good. It is compared to Lala, <laughs> whose general admission was three hundred and fifty dollars per one? person per day. You're kidding. Not kidding. Who would, <laughs> who would spend? Okay, obviously a lot of people spend that much money. But that's a lot of money. It's a ridiculous amount of money. Especially thinking about how much more you could get for four days at Country Thunder, especially if you're that big of a fan of country music versus one day at Lollapalooza. That's for crazy. one person you like out of, like, the, what, 60 people? Right, yeah. and even Windy City. To listen to the rest of the podcast, you can go to our Night Voices channel on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts and look for the high and low notes of Summer Musical Festival. Next up, Peter Nicole talks to two sophomore stars on the Varsity football team about their work ethic and what they do to be a star on Varsity. The Prospect Knights have one of the best football teams in Illinois this year. A lot of people don't know about their young stars though. I talked to sophomore linebacker and long snapper JT Zai and sophomore running back Noah Easter. They are the two stars for Prospect on varsity, and this is what they had to say about the nerves of playing on Friday nights. I mean, it is nerve-wracking. 
That was Noah Easter's thoughts. And now we have JT Zai talking about his biggest mentor on the team. Zai says Jack Brimmer's drill work and teaching him how to play the game properly are some of the reasons why he's his biggest mentor. He also says just learning how to play the game and being in front of everyone is something he's taught him very well. Easter says former prospect football star Ben Sahakian really has mentored him into being the player he is today. Here's what he had to say about Sahakian's help. Easter also says senior running back Gavin Flanagan has mentored him in a big way. Here's what we had to say about Flanagan's help. Being a sophomore on varsity is hard to do. But getting good playing time on a really good team is even harder. Zai and Easter talk about what separates them from the rest of the guys in their grade and how they get good playing time. I started playing tackle in third grade. So a lot of it's just a lot of practice over the years. And we've been working at it for a really long time. And then also in the weight room, you know, always like trying as hard as we can and going full for it. And... Uh, That was Zai, and now it's Easter talking about what separates him from the rest of the guys in his grade. Easter had to say about his first touchdown as a varsity player on Friday Night Lights. Zai is playing long snapper and linebacker this year, and his older brother is the linebacker at the University of Wisconsin. So here is Zai talking about how his older brother has made him the football player he is today. Easter and Zai, their thoughts on DeBuff and how he runs into that prospect. Here's what both of them had to say.
Spree puts a big, really big emphasis on like being more conditioned than the other teams and lifting more weights, being stronger. So I think that gives us a real advantage. I mean, he likes us to start off hard and fast and just go as hard as you can. Just, just he always says go as hard as you possibly can, only for six seconds, and he just just go as hard as you can. And I just like that about him. Thank you for listening, and this is Peter Nickel reporting for Nine Voices. Next up, Louis Caldrone, Peter Nickel, and Dylan Huber talk about people people's thoughts on unjustifiable suspensions. Our favorite athletes being tied down for unjustifiable times makes us, in reality, not want to watch the sports we love. We want to watch these players be a dominant force on the field. These people we look up to could be set as either a bad example or someone kicked out of the league for something unreasonable. Suspensions in athletes these days could be looked at justifiable or unjustifiable. Coach DeBuff, the head varsity football coach and assistant athletic director, has some viewpoints on the subject. So with the history and sports of that, I mean, as a professional athlete, you're taught that you, you can't gamble on professional sports. Um, so I think they're trying to make a statement with that to just remind everybody that that is an absolute uh, no-go. So it's tough. I think it's hard to say unless you're in a professional athlete. It's always easy for us yeah. normal people to like judge them Cheech, and criticize yeah. them. And until you have that amount of pressure on you, I think it's hard to say you know, how you would act and what you would do. Some of our favorite players like Calvin Ridley or Fernando Tatis Jr. seem to have unjustifiable suspensions. Ridley was suspended for gambling on games over a five-day stretch. Tatis Jr. was suspended for 80 games because he used a performance-enhancing drug. A lot of people consider these people to have unjustifiable suspensions. People agree to them having suspensions, but are complaining about the length of the suspensions. Coach DeBuff, again, has some words on athletes in general and how it can affect them. Yeah, I I think uh, you definitely take that into account, and you have to think about the person as a whole. And, you know, I know I wasn't perfect when I was 16, 17 years old either, so I think it can be used... You know, if you are faced with a situation where you get in trouble, it can be used as a learning situation as long as you decide to make it that. Um, So I think you have some opportunities to do some things where you're not suspended that long at the beginning um, so that you can come back, learn from the situation, and kind of like move forward. That suspension was, it still gives you an opportunity to show that you can make the change and come back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it's all about. Here at Prospect, we tend to have a great atmosphere where suspensions don't happen often. According to DeBuff, the school does a great job deciding how long people should be punished for. The biggest reason for high school athletes to get suspended is from unsportsmanlike conduct, according to the Villanova University Study of Law and Sports. Uh, Mati Grabowski, a sophomore soccer player, says what he thinks is the main cause of suspensions. I think the main cause of suspensions are, for sure, drug use. High school athlete suspensions could take a toll on their mental health without playing the sports they love. Following up on that, Finn Whalen, a sophomore soccer player, talks about his mental health if he got suspended. Um, it would probably bring me down a bit because I know I let my team down. So I would definitely like try to get your work done so you don't get suspended. This is Louis Caldrone along with Peter Nickel and Dylan Heber reporting for Night Voices. After the big win against Maine South, sports reporter Dylan Heber sat down with head coach DeBoff to talk about some of the big plays that led to this victory.
Welcome back to a special edition of Prospect Sports Weekly. I'm Dylan Heber, joined alongside Coach DeBuff to you talk about buddy. last night's big win over Maine South. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm going to start off here just quick wanting to know if we can ask about this. What's the status on Covey? Uh, yeah, minor injury. Uh, should be back. He's day-to-day. So, so nothing serious, which is great news. All right, that's good. Um, and speaking of the wide receivers, Seabass, Special Wildheart, had a big breakout game. Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've been calling him for a couple weeks. He was my pick-to-click to have a big game. Uh, he's worked really hard uh, throughout the summer. You know, he came to the football program for the first time last year, uh, learned really quickly, and, and I was really happy for him to, to be able to compete at a high level. All right, um, and I think something that everyone wants to know here, what was the decision to go for two there late in the game? Uh, I think as a whole staff, we knew that there was never going to be a decision there. We were going to go regardless in that situation. Uh, we talked about it before we got on the field. Um, thinking back to two years ago when we played that spring season against Barrington, we had that same mindset. Unfortunately, we didn't get to punch it in. Uh, but we were patient. We were able to drive the field, get it in there, and, and we were planning on going, going for two regardless. Right, and uh, Brad, he uh, scored that two-point conversion. Sure. What was the emotions running through your mind when he made it in? Uh, just happy for just happy for the guys and proud of our team, uh, of their grit and battle. Uh, it could have been easy to go away at, at that moment of the game, but, but they never blinked and kept fighting and super proud of them. Uh, on topic of Brad, in his fourth start, he threw for 441 yards and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. What are your comments on that? I mean, his stats are pretty incredible. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody through four games kind of do what he's done stat-wise, which is great for him, uh, but I'm not surprised. Uh, I think we've got a bunch of really good receivers, a great offensive line, and Brad is obviously a really special player, and then uh, I thought our defense stepped up and made plays when, plays when they had to uh, last night too. Right, and uh, we've talked to you about rankings and stuff, but do you think the team deserves a ranking after upsetting the number eight team in the state? (laughs) I told you, right, it doesn't matter what what the rankings say in week four. Uh, Nobody's going to remember what you were ranked in week four. It's all about what you do with it at the end of the season. Uh, So that's our focus. We're not looking at any of that stuff. Um, Just really proud of our performance. I can't wait to get back to work for next week. All right, um, and about the rankings and how week-to-week plays out, um, how would you compare this Week 4 win against Maine South to a Week 14 win or anything later down the road? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think last night was a big step for our program and for this team, this specific group, uh, but it- it's just another game, right? That's how we view every game. No matter who we're playing, the focus is on ourselves. Obviously, that's a really big program that's had a lot of success in the past, uh, but-, but more importantly, it's about what we do. Uh, so we'll take that same approach into next week uh, and the weeks following. Now, uh, did you expect anything less or more of the game to play out? No, I, I think uh, I think that's about what I thought it was going to be like. Um, we did have an opportunity to kind of pull away in the second half there, uh, and we had some, some penalties happen that kind of prevented that from, from coming through, uh, and kind of the momentum swung back in their direction, but our, our guys fought back, and I knew it was going to be right to the end. Right, and uh, what does this win, this win mean going forward playing Hersey next week here at home? Yeah, it's a new week. We're, we're going to have to put a great game plan together, and we're going to have to have a renewed energy. Um, we're definitely going to have to get some rest. I mean, that was a really physical game uh, last night, so we'll definitely have some bruises and things like that. So we'll rest this weekend. Uh, coaches will get everything ready to go, and, and we'll get after it on Monday. All right, and uh, team faced adversity uh, this past game, losing Frank after mm-hmm. that first touchdown. 
then later on in the game losing defensive stars senior sure. Sugar Matt Shacky and Sugar Shacky and sophomore JT Zai. So yep. how did that adversity get handled defensively and offensively? Yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I think a, a shout out to to Nick Carlucci who stepped in and started for Shawnee the first three weeks of the season, and then with Sean coming back after his injury. Um, we knew that Carlucci was going to be that next guy in. We didn't think it would happen that quickly, uh, but he made a couple really nice big plays. <clears throat> and then on defense, I mean, we had, I think, six or seven guys that haven't started in a game yet or played in a varsity game yet play. Uh, so it was awesome that we had a lot of guys that put themselves in a position to have success. Uh, and the good thing is all of those injuries that we did have, nothing is serious. Uh, so it'll be exciting to get all those guys back. All right, and uh, you guys were the underdogs going into the game. Uh, hearing that you guys lose by at least 20, winning yeah. by one, how does it feel to prove everybody wrong? Uh, I mean, we don't really look at any of that stuff. Um, I think the biggest thing is we didn't think we didn't feel like underdogs. Um, we felt like you know we had enough in the room to win the game. That's what we told the team beforehand, uh, and I think that's the case for us moving forward. It's about us. If if we play up to our standard, our potential, um, everything else will take care of itself. All right, well, thank you, Coach, for joining us here quick to got talk it. about the Big Vane South win, and we'll talk to you soon to preview Hersey. All right, let's go Knights. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on our social media at underscore Night Media on Instagram, at Night TV 801 on Twitter, and Night Media PHS on TikTok. Once again, my name is Luis Hernandez, and you're listening to Night Voices.